I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. And I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts of the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today. Mm-hmm. And are you excited to have some fun? I'm always excited to have some fun. So welcome in. We have new episodes every single Monday. So if you're just tuning in, you can go back and you can review, rate, subscribe. Let us know what God's teaching you. Let us know how things have impacted you, your leadership, um, whatever level that is or means for you. So that'd be amazing if you did that. And today, Josiah, we have an awesome guest. Um, I know that you have come across some of their materials when we were out on a date night and everything. But for the person who may not know who this person is, there is another individual on the other side of this conversation. Listeners, are you ready? Josiah, who is our special guest? Would you like to welcome them? You got it. We'll bring on Stephen Miller. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you guys? We're doing well. It's above good, zero good. here still, knock on wood. So we're doing well. That's good. Time. That's really good. Yeah, I was 36 when I woke up this morning and I felt so alive. Because I love the cold, man, but I don't have to experience the cold like you guys do. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between cold and crisp. I can enjoy the crisp yes. points of the hot cup of coffee and a walk. Cold, yeah. you'll find Josiah out there running in the snowbanks, mm-hmm. not me, but... Do you guys have a fireplace? Because I can't imagine you don't. You're sitting in front of it. Yeah. Praise I'm God. a fireplace fanatic, so... The second that the temperature gets below 60, I'm like, oh, it's time to find some wood or, you know, whatever. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And if there, if I don't have a fireplace, then I buy, if like we're at an Airbnb or something, I'll just buy like a little cheap fire pit or something, you yeah. know, just to have it. There's something about fire that just, it's, it's, it's great. We've got um, real wood behind us, uh-huh. fireplace, and then downstairs yep. is gas. So yeah. I don't know if you want to say best of both worlds. We like the real heat, but absolutely. The yeah. other one, the, the other one downstairs can actually throw some heat too. It so. can. It's like a two-year-old finds the remote and it's like ninety degrees, and you go downstairs and it's like, and I'm like, no what's kidding. Happened? Well, how long has this been on? So we have to hide the remote. So and the cleanup is so much easier on the gas ones, but I I really do prefer the wood burning fireplaces as well. I know it. We love it. Open pit. Yes. (laughs) Well, and hey, so here's a fun story. And then I'll introduce Steven just a little bit. Um, Our paths crossed on Instagram like two, three months ago. And it was just like, hey, man, good to connect. This is awesome. And then Micah mentioned we were out on a date night Mm -hmm. at Barnes & Noble. And I was like, that's my new friend's book right here. And so so we wanted to have you on the the podcast for a conversation. And if, if you're newer or new to Steven, he is from the Miller fam and they have an amazing YouTube channel. If you are looking for something fun and you want some inspiration, definitely worth the subscription there. And he's having a blast making vlogs about their crazy life as a family, as a dad of seven, Mm -hmm. just like seventh heaven. I think their YouTube success (laughs) is actually because of seven children. No, I'm kidding. It's God's favorite (laughs) in your life too, but they have a story. We'll talk about adoption, cooking and nutrition, music videos, workout routines, and traveling with their amazing family. He's also the author of the book that I saw and picked up at Barnes and Noble, The Mm -hmm. Art of Getting It Wrong. And so Stephen, what we want to hear is a little bit about you and your family. Man. Yeah. So 
It's uh, we have seven kids. You said that already. I've been married for coming up on 20 years this year, which is awesome. amazing. Uh, we've been together um, since high school. We were high school sweethearts, seven kids. Uh, basically we've got two birthdays coming up in the next week. So I'm, I'm going to round up to those numbers on the birthdays, but 19, 17, 16, 16, 14, nine, and seven are their ages. And so that means that there's never a dull moment in our house and I'm perpetually broke. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, true. It's uh, we got five teenagers, which means that uh, the emotions are always running high, but it's, you know, the kids all love each other and it's like, they all get along so well. We have four adopted, two from China, two from Ethiopia. And uh, so it's beautiful. It's just sort of this beautiful, diverse, adoptive family that God's put together. And uh, it's a lot of fun, man. I love it. That's crazy. And I mean, I think that one of the things we'll talk about in just a second is your book. But Mm -hmm. before we do like this, this morning and even leading into this conversation today, I think where my mind's at and where the listener might be thinking of just is like 2022 going mm-hmm. into the last quarter of the year and maybe even gearing up for 2023. And if we had the ability, all of us as leaders would peek around the corner, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's like some of our prayers even are like, okay, God, show us the future or as yeah. leaders, help us show young adults the future, things like adulting, mm. decision-making life and leadership. And one of the trends right now that I see is even in the news TikTok is emerging as a social media giant that came out of nowhere. Nobody Mm -hmm. expected. And then YouTube and Instagram, they're trying to really keep up. Keep up. Yeah. But just for the leader who's thinking about their church, maybe, or they're thinking about how to reach young Mm -hmm. adults in our world today, ourself included with this Mm -hmm. podcast, we have a YouTube channel and I think just really have a heart to reach the next generation and a big part of where they are is right here. And Mm -hmm. so I'd love to hear your insight about maybe what God's downloading or taught you or what you're learning about, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and really how to be a bright light in a dark place. Yeah, I would say there's a couple of things to that. I mean, the first thing that that comes to mind as you're talking about tomorrow is our inability to see that, you know what I mean? And our obsession with it. It, it really does have a way of um, robbing us of the now if we're not careful. You know what I mean? It can be, I mean, it's, it's just like a literal blind spot. And sometimes like I'm this way, I am a, a citizen of tomorrow land. Like I'm constantly dreaming about what's next and how to get there and what to do and how to strategize and all that. But if I'm not careful, I'm, I'm missing out on here and now I'm missing right. out on the people right in front of me, you know? Um, and I, you know, as I talk to my kids, one of the biggest things that they need from me is not this, you know, right. It's, it's this, you know, it's not for those of you who are just, uh, who who are, who are not watching this, you're just listening. Uh, it's the dignity of my eyes, not the top of my head, looking down at a phone, you know? So I think that's a big thing right now that we're, we're all sort of like, there is something so alluring and addictive and, uh, great about this technology that we have in the palm of our hand. I mean, the things that we can do, I mean, I, I watched, you know, 
like back in the day growing up watching Saved by the Bell and like Zach Morris had this the cell phone that was like a bag with a brick and it was like like everyone's like oh my gosh if I could you know and you'd watch you know Star Trek and they're talking to each other on video and you're just like wow I wish we could do that and now I mean those things are like yeah that that's easy like we do that all the time every day I mean who would have ever thought you know used to do high school reunions and now you just are friends with everybody on Facebook. There's no need, you know, so wow. or Instagram or whatever it is. So I think there's something beautiful about the technology piece of that. But if we're not careful, it will sort of rob us of the beauty of this moment. So I'd say beginning with that, a little bit of a caution from a guy who uh, chronically gets this wrong, <laughs> you know, um, that said, yeah, TikTok has been quite the disruptor, you know. Um, I think that every, every social media platform is reeling right now. I mean, it's interesting to see, you know, Facebook year over year, Instagram year over year, uh, have made a massive profit. YouTube year over year, massive profit. And I think Facebook for the first time, uh, just took a hit, actually lost billions last year, you know? So they're like, what the heck? And whenever the, uh, the bottom line for your investors is the ultimate goal, then they have to mess things up. So there's a lot of complaining right now. Why is it that I have to keep seeing TikToks on my Instagram, you know? And then if you follow the guy, the the CEO of Instagram, he's like, I promise you we're trying to fix it, you know? And like, it's just kind of what it is. Um, You know, Zuckerberg is going on every podcast known to man trying to be like, look, we're, we're going toward meta. You think TikTok's great? Just check this out. We're going to have a whole Ready Player One world that you're going to get to live in, you know? So I think that that's honestly going to be a major player. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I can't predict the future, but I would say if you're trying to influence people, I think the number one thing is be you, you so, know? There's a difference between a flash and a pan sort of viral video Mm. and actually building influence. Right. And you can see this with the way the algorithms work, especially on TikTok, is that you can get a video that'll give you 50 million views, you know, and then your next video gives you 5,000 views or whatever, you know, just to have a video go big is not influence. It's not actually giving you any kind of ear for people to listen to what you have to say. So uh, one of the things that we've tried to instill with our social media platform is that we are building trust, building a community, building family with people who um, resonate with what we're saying, rather than just trying to come up with catchy content that gets the click and the view or the share or the whatever. Obviously, we want to do that as much as we're able to do that in an authentic way Mm -hmm. that is truly who we are. But we're not going to do things that are like clickbait or drama or um, whatever, just to get that sort of temporary hit, because ultimately what that does is it breaks down trust. I mean, I can tell you people who have made videos that have gone really, really, really big, and then they have a huge account. And this is how this happens with YouTube, too, not just TikTok or Instagram. But the engagement, I mean, people with 5 million subscribers on YouTube and they get 20,000 views, if that, on a video on on YouTube. Because people haven't connected with you. You know, they connected with a video. They connected with a funny thing. They connected with something that was 
cute little dance or whatever, uh, or cooking or, but it's that consistency of your message that people want to see. How does this help them? How does this bring them some sort of value? And, and as long as you're building something to get from people, you're not going to have any kind of influence. You're not going to have any kind of lasting, uh, stamp on the world through social media. It's got to be about the other person. It's got to be, how can you serve? How can you, how can you add value to their life? How can you give them hope? How can you give them a message that, you know, changes their perspective or shifts the way that they think about this thing so that they actually can find joy in the midst of a very kind of dark time. That's right. So I think that's big. No, I think that I just want to jump in and say that I've been thinking about this and pondering deep thoughts wise, like (laughs) looking at social media is kind of like, if we're not careful, even as creators or people who contribute to good, we're at best creating yesterdays because what's viral today vanishes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we can spend a lot of time chasing the wind yeah. to create yesterdays. And so mm-hmm. I love what you're saying about truly adding value and mm-hmm. helping people see a tomorrow and giving them a yeah. hope, pointing them to the future and enjoying the present moment as well. Yeah, I think that's important as well. I'm just thinking of even when, no matter how much social media we create or consume, it's it can't be the substitute for real, deep, meaningful relationships. Yeah, have friendships, to have a congregation, to have a Bible study, to have friends and family gather around a table. Virtual reality and all those other things have been great. I mean, FaceTime with my parents and. Zoom and all those other things have been great for our kids who live cross country, like grandparents and everything. But there's also those those friends and foes with everything, right? But it can't yeah, be the yeah. substitute for deep, meaningful relationships when we are designed and created for that human interaction. And friendships can stem, don't get me wrong, from social media and true friendships can grow. It's just a matter of what does that look like and what does that mean? And I think of the the YouTube sensations or somebody who's like discovered overnight and all of Mm -hmm. a sudden they have this, the limelights on them for however many videos or their voice or their creativity, which is good in theory. But then they realize that when they do experience that fame, um, their character, you know, is is flawed or they can't handle the weight because the character hasn't been developed or they're Mm -hmm. not truly rooted in the word of God or they're not you know, who they thought that they were until the pressure came. So I would even say for the pressures, which we've come out of the last two years and just discovering the importance of social media and church and just mm-hmm. in that sense, Stephen, I would love to just pick your brain for the pastor and leader or church that desires to truly make a difference that adds eternal value, that has a kingdom building mindset and impact how do they or how could they do that through the digital media meeting of people across different platforms, across the world, across the universe? Um, and what insight do you have to offer? And the reason why we pose this question is because when we work with individuals, young adults primarily, and the leaders, we talk to some pastor or some kids and they're like, well, my pastor is Stephen Furtick. You live in North Dakota. You don't attend, yeah. you tend online yeah. and you follow him. Right. He's not really your pastor, but that's how we're viewing people of like, oh, well, that that podcaster, that author, how do we as a church become better leaders to understand Mm. creating content that can outlast us Mm -hmm. and not put our name and face on it, but stamp it with the approval and the word of God, you know, and, Mm. and seeing people's lives transformed and changed even beyond, you know, our life on this earth. What do you have to say about that? 
Yeah, I think um, one of the things that's tough, you know, is this sort of uh, fast food model, if you will, like the chain model. Like there was, I don't care if you make the best burger in the world. If Shake Shack moves into your town, you're done. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <clears throat> what the internet has done is given us this instant access to the greatest of the great mm-hmm. anytime we want. So uh, mm-hmm. if I, and, and it allows my consumerism to really take the forefront of how my spiritual, spiritual formation exists. Right. So, um, you know, not a lot of people can compete with Tim Keller or Furtick or, you know, Levi Lesko or whatever. And that's, that's okay because you don't have to, but what that does, I think is it puts the onus on the leader to create something that is irresistible, you know, and obviously that's done through the power of the Holy spirit. It's not something that they can manufacture on their own, but, it, but, you know, why do you go, what is it about going home for Thanksgiving versus doing a zoom meeting, you know, uh, you know, and I, we did the, the zoom Thanksgiving thing for two years, basically it sucked, mm-hmm. you know, nobody liked that. You you're sort of like, it's like just a computer and you're trying to eat a Turkey or whatever you're eating. This is like, there, there's no familyness to it. It's not really. And that's what the church is at, at its core is a family. It's not a meeting. It's not, um, it, you know, it, in some ways it is a mission. Obviously, I, obviously God's putting his family on mission, but as a place where we come and gather together in ways that you just can't do. So I would say, um, you know, I eat uh, a lot of protein. I can't get 200 grams of protein in, in a day just from eating food. So I take a supplement, right? I take, I take whey protein after my workout. I do whatever I take vitamins. I take minerals. I take whatever to help me. Some of my kids have some hormone things that they take some hormones to help supplement what their body's not naturally getting. Mm -hmm. So like I would view this online thing like whey protein, you know, it's like, it's good to have to help you sort of, but ultimately you really kind of want some vegetables and you want some meat and some eggs and some, you know, protein and carbs and those things that your body actually needs real, the real thing. Mm -hmm. And then you can supplement, you know, to help you really get there. I don't know why I'm going into this nutrition thing, but I feel like we as a church are the body, right? We're a body and we have things that the body needs. And a huge part of that is community. It's Mm -hmm. family, it's brothers and sisters, it's spiritual fathers and spiritual grandfathers and spiritual mentors and people who can help speak. And the younger teach the older and the older teach the younger. And they do it in community because there's like a real person right there. It's not like I go on Twitter and I can tell you whatever I want because there's zero consequence to that. Right. And as a result, because of zero consequence, the, the power behind what's being said to me isn't nearly as impactful either. So, you know, as much as it's so easy and so convenient to say, well, my church is this mega huge church that has great worship and great music. And that feels good because frankly, a lot of churches don't have good preaching and good music. Sorry, my cat's kind of going crazy here. 
<laughs> she's she's my lady. She's 12 years old. We've had her forever and she's just kind of hangs out. But um so that to say, like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, great supplements. Not the core. Not right. what you you know what I mean? And you can put that out there and know that you're gonna help people with that. But ultimately, what are you doing that is irresistible to your community? To where they can come and build a life together and be a force for the mission of God in your community. And, how, you know, because that's where when Sally has a miscarriage and she's can't get out of bed and she's got two kids at home that need to eat, but what the heck, you know, or Joe just found out he's got cancer and doesn't know what to do, or they lost their job or their husband just cheated on them or whatever those things are because life is life. Right. And I cannot live in community with somebody on the other side of the world. I can, I can find something with that, but how do I truly know and be known and serve and be served in this family? That's what you have to, I think that's what leaders have got to figure out how to do. And it's not going to happen by making a slick YouTube video. It's so, it's so good, Stephen. And I think that where, where my mind goes with that is say we're doing um, something that is online. What can we do online that can't be accomplished in person? Mm -hmm. And what can we do in an in-person gathering that can't be accomplished online to your right. point of yeah. irresistibility? People are looking for deep, meaningful relationships. Mm -hmm. So building in some conversations or building in some like five extra minutes in a service for quiet time or reflection, mm -hmm. a moment of silence, getting together with your neighbor and think pair sharing and just, yeah, I think similar to, to like, what can you do in a Sunday gathering of corporate worship that you can't do in a small group of somebody's living room, but then what can you do in somebody's living room that doesn't really, it can't be pulled off as logistically well as from a stage or, you know, yeah worship gathering. So those are some questions for leaders to, to kind of think through, or maybe brainstorm through right. with their teams. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to, to hear more of your journey. You just put out a new message. It's everywhere mm -hmm. called the art of getting it wrong. And <laughs> you're kind of your, your hope of putting out this book and maybe your desire for the listener today, what would you like for them to walk away from even this conversation with? You know, I think um, if we're talking to young leaders right now, young adults in general, uh, the message that I would tell myself as a young man is really what I wrote in this book because I have a lot of young women and young men just in my house, you know? So, so I get to sort of shepherd this little youth group. It's funny. We go into coffee shops and People are like, are you guys a youth group? You know, we're like, no, we're just a family, you know? Um, so, but I've got, you know, this group of young adults in my home and the message that I wanted to give them is for my kids and my colleagues is that like, you're going to mess up, you know, it's just part of life. It's part of who we are as broken people. And, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, we almost called the book. It's going to be okay. The idea is you're not your failure. Your failure doesn't define you, but it can refine you mm -hmm. and your failure is not final. So, you know, if I'm a kid and I'm like worried out of my mind or a young adult, young 20 something, just graduated, trying to find a job, starting a new job, a CEO with all the pressure in the world around me to make sure I get it right. You know what I mean? Like I'm 
probably going to be living in a fear of failure that honestly robs me of being able to enjoy the peace that comes with knowing that it's going to be okay. You know, um, I, I, I tell this joke that like, it, it's actually real. My kid's trying to order a pizza and they're like, I'm like, you know, you need to call it in, you know, and they're calling and they're like, please don't pick up, you know, gosh, they're scared. Like that someone's going to pick up the phone, you know, on the other side, it's like, it's going to be okay. Like in reality, the other, the guy on the other end just wants to give you like a really great pizza. You know, he's not probably a blood sucking vampire that wants to rob you of your, your eternal soul, you know? So <laughs> The, the idea is, I know for me, even now, uh, for, for people in my stage of life, my season of life, there is this sense that we're kind of looking back on maybe two decades or more of all these dreams that we had and things that we did. And we're sort of going, is that it? Like, did we get this wrong? Like, is this what all my work is amounting to? Does this like, you, there's a sense of like, if you're not careful, letting meaninglessness and hopelessness sort of seep in like, golly, is it, is this really it? You know, did I miss the boat? Um, and the answer is no, like maybe you did in some ways, but there's still a lot left to do. There's still a lot of life left to live. So it doesn't matter what your track record was up to this point. Like, that's okay. That like your failure didn't, doesn't define you. It can refine you moving forward. You can learn a lot from what you did uh, or didn't do. And you can move forward with the hard won wisdom that comes from maybe getting some things wrong. And in the same way for my kids, it's like, uh, or, or, or these uh, young adults in general, like just myself at that age, I'm just looking at life going like, I don't know. Like, what if I fail? Like, should I, should I do this? Can I do this? you know, what if I don't get it right? And so then maybe I don't jump in on God's mission and, and plan for my life. Um, that's not to say that God can't continue to do wonderful things through you. If you, if you right. let that fear paralyze you, Right. but why, why miss out just because you were worried that it's not going to go the way that you think it's going to go, like give it a shot. And if you fail, that's okay. You'll get another shot. And if you fail that time, you'll get another shot. And if you fail that time, you'll get another shot and you'll get as many shots as it takes. Right. And that's okay. Because like you look at Edison, for example, which is, this is a hotly debated thing that he or Tesla get it, you know, with the electricity thing. I don't know, but they, you know, apparently there's a thousand bad tries before he finally got electricity. Right. You know, and it's like, well, what does it feel like to get it wrong so many times? He's like, no, it was just took a thousand times to get it right. You know? Right. So I just stuck with it. It's just, yeah, just stick with it, you know, and you're, it, it's okay. If you got to pay your dues, it's okay if you're not the CEO the second week of your job. It's okay if you don't walk for five minutes and lose 50 pounds. It's okay if two weeks into your diet, you're not like looking like a model, you know? It's okay if, you know, you have to work some extra jobs to pay off some debt. It's There's just so much stuff in life that isn't just this simple fix. And it's okay if you have to do some hard things and get it wrong sometimes to get it right. Right. And I think God has also called us to live a simple life on so many different levels. Like we mm. catastrophize so much. Mm. I think the question we all kind of lean towards is what if I get it wrong? And I think God's asking, what if you got it right? You know, like, what if you were in tune with me? What if you understood like when the spirit's speaking, when mm -hmm. the word of God is reigning true, when an opportunity comes, like I'm giving you an option. It's not 
wrong, right or wrong. Sometimes he gives you things. It's like, I will bless either decision you make. And I think so many times our prayer for our children is like, Lord, I pray that they can problem solve. I pray that they can critically think. And I can, I pray that they lean on and lean into the voice and truth of who God is and that mm. they have access to him 24 seven. And I think mm-hmm. if we can just eliminate, peel back some of those layers of the equation that looks like a, probably a Thomas Edison or whatever on the board, you're like, oh my gosh, this equation's huge. And is, is it even, can I even do it? One plus one equals two. I think sometimes we just look at the board and God's like, it's this simple. Just be obedient and take that next obedience yeah. step. And I know that you just even alluding to having five teenagers in your home, like that's just a lot of things going on. And, oh man, I I love that you have five teenagers because there's, there had, there's no room for a dull moment. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter, but you know, the importance of like training your child in the way they should go Mm. and how you parent does impact their futures on so many Mm -hmm. different levels. You feel a different weight when you are a parent. So if you're listening and you're not a parent yet, and you desire to be one, or if you never want to be one, just be mindful. Even you as a leader, your words carry weight and how you lead um, also impacts people and their families as well. So Stephen, the question I would love for you to lean into having five teenagers, realizing the oldest one is kind of being often to the real world of adulting, more or less. Why do you believe that young adult ministry is so vital and important in this day and age? Yeah, I mean, so I think more than ever, um, we have this loneliness epidemic, you know, and we kind of thought social media was going to cure that or something because now we can remove all the awkwardness from making friends because I just got to slide into somebody's DMs or whatever. But in in reality, it's just like an ever-present like comparison game. And what am I getting enough likes? Is this getting enough whatever engagement? Like there's this pressure to perform mm-hmm. for everybody all the time. And, and, and when you don't get that, then it's like, what's wrong with me? Why is, you know... So I think number one, the reason young adult ministry is so key is because like the heart longs for friendship, the heart longs for community and, you know, they need to have a safe place to go and discover who they are. And like, in reality, the world and the culture is constantly trying to shape them anyway. So to have sort of a counter cultural community that says, Hey, come and let's, let's do this thing together. Let's learn who we are together as told by the truth of God's word revealed to us by God himself, the one who created us. I think that's huge because there's a lot of confusion. I mean, you think about being um, a young adult and just a, the hormones and b the like uncertainty of life, you know, what am I going to do? Like, where am I going to go? Am I going to get a job? Am I going to pass my finals, you know, am I going to, you know, marry the wrong person or whatever, you know what I mean? There's just a lot of pressure. And then there needs to be a community where people can process together by the truth of God's word, not by the whatever wisdom of the day based on really shifting, like, like it's this moving target of what truth is. It's really awkward and weird. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I didn't have to navigate my, my teen years and young twenties in this environment. Like I, uh, you know, like I'm, it's already confusing enough. 
And mm-hmm. so then to have all these different messages coming at me all the time, like that are lies right. in, in, in essence. I mean, so much of it is a lie. Well, if the truth sets you free, what does a lie do? You know, it's, it enslaves you right. as yeah. much as fear enslaves you lies enslave you, which fear is a liar, right? Mm-hmm. The whole idea is like the, if there's an enemy and I believe there is who comes to steal, kill and destroy, steal my joy, steal my freedom. It's for freedom that Christ set you free, steal my uh, sense of belonging, steal my sense of purpose, my sense of value, my sense of worth. I mean, if nothing else with community, it's a place where people can, where young people can come together and hear the message that your father delights in you and that you're with, with you, he is well-pleased as his son and daughter. That's huge. And to hear that in community with one another, it just, it, it, it gives me a freedom to like, know that I'm loved and to love people well, because mm-hmm. I don't need something from them, you know? That is spot on. And we just believe in the next generation, mm-hmm. Stephen, so much. Mm-hmm. And I know you do as well. And mm-hmm. just hearing your thoughts on God and his word and the fact that we're loved and chosen and secure in our right. identity because he created us not on accident, but on purpose. And I know this question is off script, but it popped into my head. And um, I would just love to know what you would say to the, to the young person, because when I talk to say a teenager or somebody in a youth group or on a college campus, so many of them want what you have experienced Mm. in terms of just YouTube alone. And so Mm. like, what would you say to a young person whose aspiration is to become an influencer or to become a YouTuber, like knowing that you have experienced the life that they desire, what would Mm. you say to them? Uh, You know, there's an old Jim Carrey uh, speech that he gave and he said, uh, I wish that everybody could learn what it's like to be rich and famous because then they would realize that there's a lot more to life than that, that that's not the key to happiness or whatever. And he, then he kind of doubled down a couple years later, he was doing some kind of, uh, you know, speech where he was accepting it. He's like, I now know the meaning of life is to be a four time, you know, Academy award winner for blah, 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 blah. That was the whole point of this all along except that now I need to be a five time. (laughs) You know, it's like an insatiable, you can't, you, it doesn't satisfy you. It doesn't satisfy. So I would say, number one, I didn't, we stumbled into this. I had no desire to be a YouTuber or I didn't even know you could be a YouTuber. When we started this, we just started telling our family story. um, Honestly, because, uh, we had found out that our son had a rare brain disease called Moya Moya, and he was going to have to have bilateral brain surgery. If you're familiar with uh, Moya Moya, it's uh, it's a rare brain disease that shrivels up the capillaries and veins and blood vessels in the brain and starves the brain of oxygen. So he had several strokes uh, when he was a baby, led to cerebral palsy, and we adopted him from China. Uh, kind of found out we knew he had left side hemiplegia cerebral palsy we didn't know the extent of it and we didn't know what had caused it and so we got all this info after we adopted him which is sort of like that moment where you're like oh my goodness gracious and i'm a pastor at this point you know i'm I'm a worship pastor i'm songwriter you know aka you don't make any money and uh we're like how in the world are we gonna 
pay for a freaking bilateral brain surgery. You know, we got to figure this thing out. And we had some friends who had made a little bit of money on YouTube. I thought that YouTube really was like Vimeo. Like you just hosted your music videos and you put them up on your website with that, you know, mm -hmm. link or whatever. And, and I had no clue, you know, so, but these, but, but I knew I was making like 30 bucks a month or something on, on YouTube with my music. So I was like, well, maybe, you know, we can, and we, a bunch of people told us you guys should have a show, you know, and we're like, well, no, because, you know, we do the HGTV or, or uh, TLC thing or whatever. They're going to turn our family into like some kind of weirdo family or whatever. And like, we want to protect our kids. We want to yeah. honor them and, and give them all the dignity and privacy that they need. And, so we're not going to let them like do some kind of show on our kids and make them look like monsters or whatever, or Christians look like crazy people or what, you know, there's right. all those things that you're worried about. So we were like, well, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do YouTube and we'll just kind of tell our story that way. And maybe some people will be encouraged to adopt and, you wow. know, not be afraid to, uh, to adopt special needs or adopt older kids. Cause we adopted uh, our, our two sons from Ethiopia. There were five and three when we adopted them and we adopted our, our other two from China when they were 12 and two and both our two Chinese kids were special needs. And so we were like, you know, God still got us mm -hmm. like the world didn't fall apart. Maybe we can encourage some people with this thing. And then it just sort of like, you know, took, took off. So I, I think, from that regard, like our goal was never to be YouTube influencers or, or social media influencers in general. Am I grateful? Yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful that God's really given us a platform to spread hope and to yeah. spread, right. um, you know, the truth of the gospel and really kind of show like what, like hopefully a normal Christian family lives like, maybe they don't all have seven kids and adopted and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they're not quite all as crazy as we are when it comes to just like saying yes to whatever God says to do. But like the, the idea is like, you know, this is just us living a life as believers. You know, there's nothing really special about it. It's just sort of normal everyday life. And we get to do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, but, you know, I would say, don't, don't let the Louis Giglio used to say it like this. He said, uh, don't look for the mic, look for something to say, you know, um, and I just thought, man, that's I, that hits, you know. And I think the same thing with social media is like, don't look to be an influencer. Look to have something worth influencing people to, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Like, what's your message going to be? What do you What are you looking to do other than right. try to make a bunch of money? And the other thing is like, I think there's this misconception that like it's not work to do online stuff. It's a lot of work, man. I work. It's that old joke. It's like, man. I will work 600 hours a week just as I don't have to work 40, <laughs> you know? And I think there's something to that, you know, it's like, we do several videos a week. Uh, we do several posts on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. And it's like, you know, it's work. It's not like, and the other thing is um, it's not lasting, you know, especially if you don't take care of it. Right. If you don't tend to it and build a community of people who are invested, it, it like, it's not like, you, you know, it's like being a really great athlete and spending your whole life to become the best athlete in the world. And then you get hurt your first game, you know, and sure you've got that great contract, but that's it for you for the rest of your life. You know? So like, we know right now, this is a wave 
and we're going to ride it. It's a season. We're not guaranteed to be doing this even next week. You know, at any point, Instagram could change everything. YouTube could change everything. And we're just like, okay, I'll go do something else now. You know? Um, So I would say that if you, if this is what you want to do, and this is first, like the first time in history, it's like used to be, I want to be a famous actor or a famous singer, or maybe like, you know, just you probably grew up being like, I want to be Chris Martin because I look just like him. (laughs) Him or a baseball player. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's like, this is the first time in all of history where you can say, I want to be a social media influencer and yeah. that'd be a viable thing. People still don't get it. I still don't get it. You know, when I tell people, people ask me, what do you do? I'm just like, I'm a videographer. <laughs> it's like people yeah. kind of get their head around that a little better. Right. But, um, you know, or I'm, or I'm in marketing or something like that, you know, um, which both are true, you know? So I, I just think, no matter what you set your hand to, and I'm just kind of getting long winded at this point, be the hardest worker in the room, you know, show up every day, be consistent, be committed to quality. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not working for fame and money. You're working to the glory of God. Right. So if you're an influencer, be an influencer to the glory of God and don't be an influencer to the glory of God. Like here's this picture of me and my thong covered, butt with a, coffee mug trying to sell some coffee and then in your bio it's like uh you know to the glory of god (laughs) whatever like be consistent you know like i'm not saying be a prude i'm not saying you know whatever that's not that's not my message certainly like there's enough of that out there that's what what i'm saying is like you know have a message and and then and then go for it with all you are to the glory of god and do it as worship and do it do it as a mission and do it as a way to make the world better and do it because like it's a dark place and the hope of the gospel is the only hope. Yeah. So like go for it and, and don't be ashamed of it and, and don't by any means phone it in ever, never phone it in, like give it all you got all the time. Right. Right. And I think it comes down to first and foremost, the condition of your heart like God knows the condition of every single one of our hearts. He knows what we post and why we post it. And that's a good filter to keep up. Like, why am I posting this? Is it to make me famous or is it to give glory to God? Like you said, is it to make my name known or to make God's name known? Is it to gloat about myself or is it to extend hope and encourage somebody who is in a dark season or who does not yet know what it means to be a Christ follower? And I think it's just a good reminder of we all have an opportunity to influence we may not all have this huge platform but influencing your family first your friends the people around you your community your neighbors um i mean god forbid that our neighbors don't even know who we are but people halfway around the world knows it like we want to be the same people consistently in our home in the grocery store in our marriage um wherever we're at at the bank like we want people to see something different and know there's something different about us and hopefully we can point them to christ and say hey what you see in me it's not micah it's not josiah it's just Mm. the love of god like we just want to love people and we want to point people to christ in a dark and broken world because that's the only thing like you said that we have to offer that is going to outlive and outlast Mm. anything that else that we could possibly offer on this earth and um Steven, are you up for a challenge? He always. All right. So we've got <laughs> five in five. Um, okay. so we have five questions, five minutes. Here we go. Question number one. 
What's something that you are into right now as a hobby for fun, maybe outside of worker ministry type stuff? I am notoriously bad at having hobbies because I always want to make them a business um, so that I can make money because somehow I work it out in my head that, you know, if I can make money off of it, then I can justify the expense of having the hobby or whatever, which has worked out pretty well for me thus far. But something I haven't yet figured out how to make money on is watching movies. And I am a total cinephile. So, you know, I think that's probably actually, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I really like movies. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm quoting them nonstop. Um, so yeah, that would probably be the big one. Well, that sets up the second question perfectly. <laughs> Favorite movie that you've seen maybe in 2022 so far? Oh, so far. Okay. Uh, well, best movie of all time is Braveheart. Um, but best movie I've seen this year so far. Uh, this is not a recommendation. because <laughs> It's just what I personally like. Bullet Train was brilliant uh with brad pitt and uh it's it's got some language it's a little bloody but like the the if you just look at it from a strict cinematography standpoint and just the twists it's it feels a lot like an old like oceans 11 type movie or just you know kind of like that kind of thing like a guy Ritchie type film um it's just really good and it's brilliantly shot it's it's cool yeah oh man i've not seen that one but here is the curveball if you could ask Josiah and myself a question today, what would you ask us? Ooh. Um, what do you think that, and this is just purely selfish from my standpoint, what do you think that uh, people like me could get better at doing to encourage the next generation? Um, hmm. Because in some ways we're just telling our story, but like I, we're doing it for that purpose. It's to try to show people the hope, the hope of the gospel in everyday life. But what, what could we do? Not just me, not just my family, but just, I would say influencers in general who that's their hope and that's their goal. Where do you see the need um, in that regard? And how can we do better at that? Oh my gosh. It's a great question. I think the conundrum that is heartbreaking to me is that 18 to 30 year olds largely are missing from faith mm -hmm. and, and both those who grew up inside of a faith family or a Christian home and those who grew up in a normal family outside of a Christian home, mm -hmm. they're, they're largely both groups are missing from following Jesus. And so I think that it has very little to do with Jesus and just more to do with um, maybe how we, the church have painted him poorly or misrepresented mm -hmm. it. And so I think mm -hmm. that just what we'd love your help with is um, reaching 18 to 30 year olds for Christ. If I could mm -hmm. put one problem on every Christ followers radar, it'd be, what do we do mm -hmm. about young adults? What do we do about 18 to 30 year olds? Like, what do we do about the faith yeah. of the next generation? And um, I think that your mind is creative and, and so many other influencers are as well, but it's like, how can we use creative ways to reach people who've never been reached before with the gospel mm. in creative ways? Like we're enlisting your help and others <laughs> something about it. Right? Yeah. It's so good. Oh man. My mind goes a million different directions, but one, I've just been pondering a lot the last, I don't know, two, three months, because I'm mentoring some girls is there 
seems to be because of social media and because it's at the forefront of everybody's fingertips and mind 24 seven from the comparison trap to all these different things is I've found that many young adults are vicariously living through other people's stories and other people's Mm. lives. Yeah. And it's kind of like you almost have that escape. If you're going to watch a Jason Bourne, it's like, Ooh, I wish I was Jason Bourne. Like, what would I do? Yeah. Sometimes like young adults are having a challenge of like, sifting through and deciphering the fact that following Christ is not boring and should not be boring. So mm. how do we like, like just, I said, how do we paint the true adventure that God has before every single one of us? And it looks different and encourage people to discover that, but it's more or less like, how do we help people discover that if we're not doing life with each other? So I yeah. think people back to a Bible teaching, preaching, healthy church that does community well, centered and built on the cornerstone, Jesus Christ himself, that doesn't lose themselves in the smoke and the fog and the lights or the stories and the testimonies only that each and every single person, young adult has a story and testimony to share, but not focusing on the testimony of 80% of my life. And I'm bad, 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 20% what God did. It should be the reverse 20% of this is who I was but this is who God is. And I can extend an invitation to you too. I'm not the answer, but God is the answer. I don't know the hurts, hurdles, and hangups. I can relate on some levels um, because they want truth and because they want authenticity, but pointing people to Christ that he's the one that you should be, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not God. I'm not the Holy spirit, but I can point you to him, you know? So yeah. knowing that they're one invitation away um, from experiencing heaven instead of hell essentially. And I think that yeah. the false picture is like, it's a jet, get out of jail free card when you say yes to yeah. that. Um, and it's not going to be easy, but it should be a fun, wild adventure and your life can be radically changed. You don't have to vicariously live through somebody else's story when you are your own avatar. And it's like, just live the life and discover that along the way. I would just say that that's what comes to my mind. Maybe that's very that's awesome. good. No, that's great. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So back to you, Stephen. Fourth fourth question out of five. Um, Maybe what's one place that you would want to travel if you could go anywhere? Oh, man. Um, You know, my, I have a top three and um, uh, Lauterbrunn in Switzerland is uh, probably number one. Um, New Zealand is uh, just as a whole i just want to go to the milford sound and go to hobbiton and uh and then probably my third is uh, iceland totally and i think because i want to see the northern lights we have flights booked for my 40th birthday coming up uh, in, in march uh my birthday's in april but in march is like the last month that you can actually see the northern lights until the fall so we're gonna go a little early and um go to iceland and see the northern lights so that is a big one um those are the top three i I mean i would see the whole world if i could like i I think that's one of the most beautiful things about being a human is that like we're created in the image of this brilliant creator god and he gives us this longing to see beauty because he communicates himself to us through it and there's something about like being caught up in the beauty of an old world city or um you know thousands foot high mountain or the vastness of the ocean that reminds us of our place um that like 
we're a part of something much bigger mm-hmm. and that the, that the world is not about us, but we get to be a part of it. You know, that's, oh, that's a pretty cool right. uh, thing. So yeah, that would be, that's a long answer to that question, but uh, hey, happy <laughs> early birthday. Lights are extra cool. Head up there. But here's Thanks. question number five. If you could leave the listener with one word of encouragement today, what would you leave them with? I know it sounds maybe a little bit um, overdone uh, or cliche, but it's going to be okay. I think no matter like, even if you look at it on a purely practical level, if you zoom out on history, the little things that we're worried about today, like really don't make much of an impact. I don't know that. That seems to trivialize our moments. Maybe that's toxic positivity. I don't know. But the idea is that like, even if I'm not a believer, these things that feel so big right now, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be okay. You know, as a believer, that hope is multiplied infin- infinitely, you know, because God is working together all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, or as uh, I think it's Tolkien wrote, or was it, no, no, it was, um, I can't remember which one it was, but he's making all sad things come untrue. You know, um, the idea is that like in a very real sense, a very eternal sense and a very practical spiritual sense that doesn't just have spiritual implications, but physical implications for the here and now it is going to be okay. So put your hope in Jesus, you know, and look to him and like have joy and peace from that and, and and take your problems to him because of that, because that's true. Take your problems to him. Uh, Don't, you know, complain about him and grumble about him and mull over him and, you know, allow yourself to grow bitter and burnt out. Uh, take your stuff to him because it's going to be okay. He will make it okay. Even if he doesn't make this moment. Okay. You know, it doesn't, he doesn't say he's going to keep us from the storms. It says he'll be with us in the storms. And if that isn't the definition of it's being okay, then I don't know what is. I love it. Well, that is a great way to end our episode for the leader and the listener today. Like it's going to be okay. God is still seated seated at the right hand of the father. He still sees you. He knows you. He's interceding on our behalf. Take it to him. He already knows, but surrender it to him. I think step Mm -hmm. number two, take it to him, surrender to him, leave it at the foot of the cross and trust, believe, and have the faith filled adventure that God wants to take you on. And, um, Josiah, do you want to conclude us today? And I'll just say, Stephen, thanks so much for an amazing, (laughs) deep conversation. Thanks so much for having me on. We appreciate you guys so much. Love what you're doing. Oh, likewise. And if you want to find out more about the Miller family, Stephen Miller, or his latest book, The Art of Getting It Wrong, you can check those things out in the show notes. So until next time, this is Josiah and Micah saying, talk soon. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting judged up right now, yeah.